What's going on, everybody? This is the Tribe 44 podcast presented to you by United Citizens Bank of Southern Kentucky. It's a bank to come home to because it's locally owned and operated. UCB provides the best in customer-first care in Adair County. United Citizens Bank, we do it all right here. As is the case every week for the show's intents and purposes, I am your host, Will Rich, and I am joined yet again tonight by our fearless leader, Clay Turner. Clay, how you doing? I'm doing swell tonight. How are you, Will? Swell. I like that, Clay. Doing swell. You know, that was a word I used to use a lot when I was younger, so I'm going to bring it back. Well, I am fit as a fiddle, Clay. That's that's the one I'm going to go with tonight. Don't know what that means, fit as a fiddle. I don't know if there's any fiddles that are just really keen on their athletic prowess or their fitness. But anyway, that's how I'm doing. Been dealing with a lot here recently, Clay. Been exposed to some COVID. I am still negative. This is I've been tested now eight times. Yeah. Not like recently, but in, in all since this all started, I've been tested about eight times. So you're eight for eight on negatives? I'm eight for eight on negatives. And this last one, this most recent one, was like a long-range one. And I was out for, you know, out of work. and couldn't go anywhere while we were waiting for that one to come back. It took an extra day to come back. So I'm thinking, well, an extra day. I mean, I'm positive, you know. But no, nothing. Well, what have, you, what have you been doing during your time off? Well, Clay, that's interesting. Um, because I'm not home alone much these days. Samantha does not enjoy some of the movies and things that I like to watch. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And one thing that I hadn't gotten into in a long time, and I just decided, you know, tis the season, started watching some some Harry Potter. And I've developed a new pastime, Clay. What's that, Will? My, my new favorite thing to do, I think, is to explain things like Harry Potter out loud to Samantha. Because when you say it out loud, it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. It's funny you said that because this may or may not have happened at your house a couple of Saturday nights ago when we were on our phones trying to see which which house family we're in. Clay, we don't have to tell everything. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that are not aware of what Clay's talking about, one of our friends decided to get us all on this app to tell... This is like the nerdiest thing I've ever heard yeah. of Clay. One of our friends had the... Harry Potter fan app, and this person will not be named Mason Weddington. <laughs> so Mason has the Harry Potter fan app and tells us to go test to see what house we would be in. If you are a fan of Harry Potter or Star Wars or anything that's not like cut dry, this could really happen, any kind of science fiction type stuff that you like, explain it out loud to a person that hates that kind of thing. Because I don't think there's anything funnier than there really is rea- no than no. watching the reaction. Have you tried it, Clay? Like today, not not kidding. Today, Samantha looked at the screen because she came in and I was watching it. She come in and she said, "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, right now they're flying these invisible horse things that you can only see if you've seen death before." <laughs> now, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little different. But, you know, I do enjoy it. We enjoy it. And I do want to make one thing clear before we do end the Harry Potter talk. Tribe 44 Podcast. We are going to end it right here. But Tribe 44 Podcast is officially, because we've all done the test, a Hufflepuff podcast.
No. Ravenclaw. Oh, Ravenclaw. I didn't even say the right, the right one. <laughs> now you're in Hufflepuff because yeah. you said that, Clay. Now that's just Zach Madewell. Yeah, Zach Madewell is a Hufflepuff. But Seth, myself, and Clay are all Ravenclaw, so that ends the uh, Harry Potter talk for this sports podcast. Hopefully we still have some listeners because we have a very exciting guest. But before we go into that, we need to go into our first segment. This first segment is brought to you by Downey Eye Clinic. Downey's has been the leader of optometry services in Adair County since 1981, Clay, and they are committed to providing the best personalized eye care possible for the people of Columbia. Now, Clay, introduce our guest of the night. Today, we're going to have former coach Keith Young. Coach Young, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Coach Young, I was trying to find some of your past stats and stuff. It's kind of hard, but you started coaching him for Dark County. Is it 83, 84? Is that correct? Yes, that was my first year as head coach. Let's go into that a little bit more. What made you interested in the job? Well, it always kind of been a dream to come back to your home school, you know, and it, I had been assistant coaching at JV at Eastern Kentucky University. And then when I got out, I got a head coach or a assistant coaching job at Harrodsburg and then I was at Casey County three years and I was at Campbellsville a year and I got a call from Adair County so you know it was kind of a, a dream come true at the time. Coach Young talking about you from Adair County who was John Burr your high school coach? John Burr was my high school coach my freshman year and uh, he retired and George Christ was the head coach and Red Nixon was my assistant coach the last three years. And then you were replaced Red Nixon, right? Right, yeah. Okay. Coach Young, you had a 252 wins, 107 losses. You won five district championships and made four region finals appearances. Of all that, what's the one thing you're most proud of? Well, I think the most proud of is how we built the program. Uh, when I went in my first year, there just won two games a year before. And had won four games the year before that. So, you know, we, we were kind of at the bottom. We played a lot of homecomings that first year. <laughs> and uh, we, But the second year, we made it to the finals of the region for the first time in 29 years. And we ran into a buzzsaw in the finals. Washington County, who was ranked number one all year and had a Division One player in Kevin Ellery that went on to Notre Dame. But that was a really fun year. We had nobody over six foot. We had Paul McQuarrie and Godfrey Jackson, Stephen Keene, Doug Shepard, and Timmy Curry. And uh, – we got on a roll and beat uh, Bardstown Bethlehem in the first round of the region. I think they were 26 and three or four, and we beat North Harden in the semifinals. And then we ran into a buzzsaw in the finals. But, you know, to make it to the finals of the region, first time in 29 years, the community was excited. And on the way back from the games, people were flashing their porch lights on as we'd go by. And it was really a fun time. So, Coach, you said your most proud thing was kind of the way you built the program. Kind of take us to how you did build the program. How did you turn it around from a two-win school to the region final appearances? We played a lot of games in the summer. Back then, uh, nobody played much in the summer. We were one of the first ones that started playing much. And I would play the toughest teams we could play. And I uh, had a little summer shootout at Lindsey Wilson. We had eight teams. And I think one year, everybody had been to the state tournament the year before but us. We had Clay County and North Harden and MC Napier and Louisville schools. I mean, we just really played a lot of tough competition. And we went to AAU. We took a 15 and under team to AAU and a 17 and under and just played a lot of games. Played probably 25 or 30 games in the summer. And, of course, Clay County was a regional power then. They won the state and had Richie Farmer and a lot of big names. And 
I think when we really started believing, it was when we played them in the state AAU tournament, and they beat us, but it was like a four or five point game. And it was a war, and their coach even said it was like a state tournament game. So I think a big key was, you know, playing a lot of games in the summer, and then, you know, we started developing some players and getting some better players, and that made a big difference. Coach Young, did you have a certain conditioning program that you did that you thought helped? And tell me if I'm wrong on this, but you were big into jump rope, right? Yes. We we had what we called a leg program that uh, we would go in the gym, and we had several stations. We had a leaper machine, and we did stage jumps, and we did step-ups with barbells, and uh, we just had a whole lot of different exercises. And we thought by the time, you know, somebody went through that for four years, that you know, it was really going to build their legs and, you know, they could really improve their jumping ability. And we had, you know, some six-foot guys that could get up above the rim pretty good, and I think that really helped. So with athleticism playing a big important part and how you kind of changed the program at Adair County, did you have a specific style that you liked to play, or did, were you one that just kind of depended on the guys that you had? I like to press and get up and down. Uh, of course, you know, to be successful, you've got to play a style that fits your personnel. You know, we had teams that pressed a lot and, and we had teams that, you know, slowed it down and were big and, you know, got the ball inside. You know, we just tried to fit to our personnel what, what worked best for them. But my favorite was to press and, you know, get up and down. Coach Young, who, who was y'all's big rival back then? Uh, of course, Russell County was a big rival. Uh, you know, they were, we quit playing them there for a few years. I think uh, when Mr. Burr was coaching, they won a tournament at Russell County and uh, they tore the bus seats up. I think they hit some of the players. They were walking around the floor. So we didn't play them until my senior year at high school. And then there was another few years where we didn't play. And then uh, I think my dad was I, actually in, involved in the, the later one, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what happened then, but I, I know we didn't play. And uh, when we started playing again, my goodness, it it was a packed house. And they had it on local TV station, and and you know it was a war. I was proud. We played my twelve years of there. We played Russell twenty four times, and we beat them twenty. And the four we lost were all four at Russell, and most of them were by one or two points. So, but we we it was a real good rivalry. And another rivalry that you wouldn't think of was North Harlem. You know, they had. 2,500 kids in high school, it was huge, and, and we played them in a regional tournament some, and, and, you know, they, I could never understand how a school that much bigger than a little country school like a there could get that sky high to play up, but, uh, you know, in those days, the region was loaded. Just imagine no John Harden and all those kids going to North Harden, and no Central Harden and all those kids going to E-Town, and, you know, it was, one year uh, North Harden beat us in the semifinals of region overtime. They were 6'10", 6'9", 6'8", and our center was 6'2". And, you know, the, the region was just absolutely loaded. And uh, But North Harden, you know, was, was a, a, a rival, and it comes from mostly from regional tournament games. That, not, that 85 team upset them. They had a Division One player, I think, that went to Western, and we upset them in the region in the semifinals. And then I think after that, it was on. <laughs> they were sky high to play us every time. Coach, you, know, you said you started in 83. The three-point line came into existence was 87, right? Yes. Talk about, you know, the change in that because, you know, you watch, I mean, if you watch, like, for instance, like old NBA or old college, it's a total different game watching before the three-point line and three-point line being there. So talk about that and the adjustment to that. Right. Well, it, it was totally different, you know, and I don't really think the three-point line is that far out. 
But uh, my goal was always attack the basket. I'd tell kids, you know, if I'm going to give you $500 to make a shot, I mean, we're in a gym, where are you going to shoot? Well, they're going to shoot on the block because that, that's the best shot. And our goal was always to, to get to the rim. But, you know, if, if there was an opening three-point shot, you know, we, we would certainly take it. And we had some really good three-point shooters, you know, through those times that, uh, you know, when you're hot from the three-point line, they can add up quick. Did you have any guys before the three-point line was – was brought in that you think could have been a, a pretty lights out shooter from beyond the arc? Oh yeah. Yeah. Timmy Curry was a real good shooter and I hate to start naming names. So I'll leave somebody out, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of guys that, and like I say, you know, the three point shot is just at the top of the circle in high school. And that, that was about a regular shot, you know, for a lot of people, but uh, Shane Garman was a really good shooter. I mean, I could go on and on, you know, guys that were good shooters that, that was certainly the three point line would have benefited. Coach, you know, you've, you had a lot of good teams, but, and you, you may not want to answer this, but who do you think was your best team that you did have? <laughs> that's a that's a tough question. Uh, you know, we had a lot of success. Uh, you know, I, I think from my last eight years, the Lexington Herald had a uh, article that we were the winningest program in the state. That we averaged twenty five wins a game, and uh, of course, certainly uh, nineteen ninety was a really good team. That that uh, North Harden beat us. In the semifinals of region overtime, that team played uh, Fairdale in the Louisville Invitational Tournament, and Fairdale was number one in the state, ended up winning the state. Fairdale beat us by seven. Uh, that team played in the uh, Louisville Invitational Tournament. Well, that, that was the Fairdale game, I'm sorry. Played in the King of the Bluegrass Tournament. Uh, they played in the tournament in Memorial Coliseum in Lexington, where we played uh, Rowan County in the first round. That was televised statewide. Was say- people in Columbia. I was going to say, Keith, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that game's actually on YouTube? Yes. Somebody sent me that not long ago. But there were some people in Columbia or Dare County that didn't get the channel. It was on or something. So there was TV sets downtown, I think, right that store that used to be right by the First National Bank. They had a TV in the window, and there were several people on the square who watched it. But that was a lot of fun. We beat Rowan County the first round, and they were a team that ended up going to state tournament that year. Then we played uh, – Pleasure Ridge Park out of Louisville in the finals, and they were ranked number one in the state at the time. And uh, they had Andy Pinnick, who ended up going to Michigan State. But the game before, he hadn't played too well against us. He was out of his mind. I think he had 39, and we double-teamed him and done everything. But they only beat us by six. So, you know, that's to be at a small school like Adair County and play the number one teams in the state to six or seven points, you know, was a pretty good memory. And that team also won uh, the Holiday Hoopla in Barrel Beach, Florida. And the team we beat in the finals was uh, from St. Albans at Washington, D.C. And it ended up the only game they lost that year. And then, of course, the 95 team had gone to the region the year before and got beaten in the finals by North Harden. And the next year, they were just on a mission. Uh, we won the district, and they didn't even cut the nets down. And in the regional tournament at Greene County, we beat uh, Hart County first round. We beat North Harden in the semis. And then we beat uh, LaRue County, who was 28-1 in the finals. Went state tournament first time in 40 years and uh, had to play Harlan, who was 33-1, and ranked preseason number one in the state, had Mr. Basketball and Charles Thomas, and had uh, Todd Cox, who ended up going to Virginia Commonwealth, and had another Division One player. And... We trailed them the whole game and in Rupp Arena. I think we got down one point by 14, but came back and Mark Graham scored a basket with seven or eight seconds left to tie it up. Harlan came down and called a timeout with four seconds to go. And we thought surely Charles Thomas would try to drive and get fouled or 
get it into six eight Todd Cox inside. And we tried to prevent Charles Thomas from getting the ball, but he got it. Instead of driving, he backed up two or three steps and was about two or three steps behind the top of the circle and banked in a three at the boat. Mm. And that was a team that was playing better every game. And I just – I don't know if we could have won the state, but I really feel – that we had a really good chance to get to the finals because they were just playing better every game, and that, that was a tough one. But the crowd support was unbelievable. I think we had 4,500 people from Adair County and Rupp Arena. I took 19 pep buses. You know, it was just a lot of fun. I just ha- You hate to go out on a bank shot from four or five feet behind the top of the circle by Mr. Basketball, but that's what happened. <laughs> We've talked about it before. Being an Adair County student in those mid – Early to mid-90s must have been just as fun as anything because you talked about it, 19 pet buses going. The football team was was rolling at that time. The basketball team was in the state tournament and going to region finals. It must have been a great time to be a student. Uh, I'm sure it was an enjoyable time to be an employee and a coach at that time as well, right? Oh, yes. Our our fans were unreal. Uh, You know, I'd say a high percentage of the time when we go to a visiting school to play on the road, we'd have more fans than the home team. And the Louisville Invitational Tournament only takes four teams at the entire state. They take 12 Jefferson County teams and only four from the rest of the state. And they selected us twice. And I'm sure the big crowds that we brought, you know, played a big part in that. Of course, they wanted to make money. But, you know, we take charter buses and pep buses and crowd was just unbelievable. And I'm sure, you know, the students and the crowd helped us win a lot of games that would have been tough to win otherwise. But, yeah, it, it was a fun time. Coach Young, obviously, you know, we were younger through all this. So, if you don't care for our listeners, mention some of the standouts from the years that you coached. Of course, I know it's hard. You don't want to leave anybody out. But I know, of course, some names, you know, your son, Jeff, the walk-ups, Toby Curry, Buzz Caldwell. But who are some of the other standouts? Oh, gosh, you're going to get me in trouble here. I should have made a list. <laughs> well, I certainly enjoyed coaching my son. He uh, – he and Heath Walkup and Chris Coomer and, and those guys were in a group, and uh, they were really good freshmen. And uh, Nathan Lashley and Bryson Walkup, all very athletic, good players. Chad Bridgewater was in that group. And then, of course, the 85 group, they, they were so hungry to play. Godfrey Jackson was a really good player. And, and uh, like I said, Doug Shepard, Timmy Curry, Paul McQuarrie, and Stephen Keene, and nobody was over six foot. So, you know, they had to battle every way in the book. Then uh, Jeff started starting his second half of his freshman year. And uh, I guess that year we played LaRue County in the uh, regional tournament. And LaRue, LaRue was 6'10", 6'8", 6'6". And they ended up going to state tournament. And I started two freshmen, Jeff and Heath Walkup, a sophomore, a junior, and a senior. And they beat us by nine. But, you know, a lot, a lot of guys, you know, did really important things. Stephen Marshall. We were playing Caverna, and they were the Courage Journal just had a big thing that day, big thing in the newspaper that Caverna was the last undefeated team in the state. They were only undefeated team left in the state, so we played them at home. And they had a guy named Jason Woodard that ended up going to Georgetown College and was a really good player and played overseas. In the first quarter, he jumped about halfway from the free throw line in on the break and just about tore the rim down and dumped one. And I thought, oh me, this is going to be a long night. And Stephen Marshall, who was a five-nine point guard, guarded him the rest of the game and held him to 12 points. We won the game, and Stephen had to go to the hospital after the game and get an IV because he was so dehydrated. He played that hard. Oh, wow. But Chris Coomer was an outstanding player. Uh, 
Buzz Caldwell, Toby Curry, B.J. Snap, Mark Graham. Uh, he was here as a freshman and went to Russell County and transferred back and played a huge part in our success. It was very unselfish. B.J. Snap's dad got the Lindsay job, and uh, he was six seven forward. That was a great kid. And uh, like I said, Toby Curry uh, was a really good player, our leading scorer. Marcus Caldwell, who was just a sophomore, and uh, they called his brother Buzz, who was 6'6", 350. They called him the Buzz, and when we played in the state tournament, they called Marcus a minivan. <laughs> so he, he was about 6'2", 220. And both those – Buzz actually got recruited to play football at Western from somebody that saw him play in the LIT uh, against uh, Louisville Ballard. Ballard was ranked number one in the state, and we played them in uh, the Louisville Gardens in downtown Louisville in the LIT, and they beat us by two. We were down by 22 at the half, and I told our guys at halftime, I said, well, you know, I probably shouldn't have brought you country boys to the city. You know, you're not – this is way over your head. And they come out with fire in their eyes, came back, and down. we had a last shot to win it and uh, didn't get it. But uh, Patrick Higginbotham was a, a good role player on that team. Uh, Rodney Ford was a good role player on the 95 team. Adam Rogers came off the bench. Tim Hardwick was a member of that team. And you're going to get me in big trouble because I'm going to leave somebody out. <laughs> uh, be if, if you do, just blame me, Keith. Blame Clay. If you get in trouble, just say it was Clay Turner's fault. Yeah, right. I'll take the blame. Somehow all the problems but, go away when you start blaming Clay. Right. But I had so many good players that bought in. And, you know, a lot of times uh, your best player is not, in my opinion, is not the leading scorer. It's the guy that does exactly what you need. And Stephen Marshall was a guy, an example like that. You know, he ran the team. He didn't worry about scoring. He's a point guard. He got the ball to where uh, the ball need to be. Uh, Stephen Keene was a point guard for the ninth, uh, 85 team that got the ball where it needed to be and didn't worry about scoring. Mike Scott was a role player, a good three-point shooter, and a coach on the floor. And I was blessed just to have a lot of, a lot of really good players. Heath Walkup was an unbelievable athlete. Uh, could take one step and put his palm above the top of the white square. Bryson Walkup, his little brother, was unbelievable. He had 55 one night against Campbellsville. And Nathan Lashley uh, was a strong, good player. Chris Coomer was an unbelievable rebounder. For 16, he had to go up against 6'7", six, 6'8", six, guys every night. I mean, if he got one finger on the ball, it was his. Ted Bridgewater was a good player on that team. And, you know, just so many good players. And so many that were successful. I used to keep a list of my former players that were coaches. And I've got players. Uh, Craig Biggs was assistant athletic director at Western. Steve Collins is a federal judge. Gabe Pendleton was our manager. He's a district judge. Stephen Marshall's an attorney. I could just go on and on. One year I had, I think, three former players that had teams in the state tournament as coaches. Jeff Luttrell was a really good player. There's a superintendent down in Tennessee now. You know, there's so many good players that, that – you know, helped their program get to where we want to be, and good people. You know, they were good to work with, and and uh, I always try to do what you know I need them to do. I was very blessed. Somebody that, if I'm not mistaken, never played a minute for you, but is still part of your coaching tree is a cousin of mine, uh, Stacy Pendleton. Is that right? <laughs> that is unbelievable, Stacy. Uh, <laughs> he was my manager, and uh, you know, did a great job. Some games I'd tell him, uh, you know, Stacy, I'm gonna let you take over. And that bird went on and won a state championship at uh, Louisville Manual. I was in the state tournament several times. And he got selected to coach the Kentucky All-Stars and uh, invited me to be his assistant. And, boy, we, we had a ball with that. We practiced and played in Freedom Hall. And 
we went up and played Indiana in, uh, I guess it's a Banker's Life arena where the Pacers play. We pulled in in a big bus underneath the arena like the pro teams do, and we beat Indiana up there, and then we beat them in Kentucky in Freedom Hall. So Stacy's a good one. He's uh, We went up to uh, – when they got – when they uh, we had the banquet for their team, had a big pep rally in the gym, and I guess he promised they could uh, shave his head. And that might be one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> They shaved one half and took pictures, and then they shaved part of the other side and took pictures. But, uh, you know, for a state championship, I'd probably let them do that to me too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad he brought Stacy up. He He's a good one. We communicate a lot and still get ideas from him, and, you know, he does an excellent job. Keith, talking about, you know, your son Jeff, your grandson Kyle, of course, also scored 1,000 points. So I was wondering, do you know if you scored 1,000 points in high school? I don't really know. I I didn't. I can't get hardly any records from that time when uh, Mr. Burr left. You know, I didn't get any records from him. And when Coach Nixon left, we didn't get any records. I just had to kind of start with when I started coaching. So I don't really know. I, you know, I would say I was probably close to a thousand. But uh, my sophomore year, we were ranked like tenth or twelfth in the state. So I, I didn't see a lot of action. I saw a lot of bench action. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> My my junior year, I was a starter, and I think I averaged 17 or 18 my senior year. So, you know, I, I don't really know, but there's no records that, you know, that I can go back and look at. I just kind of had to keep up as far as records from the time I coached. Keith, you know, when I asked you about the uh, the best team you coached, one team you did mention that we had a pretty good summer in one time was the uh, Columbia All-Stars that you coached. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. It, that that, that I think that was going into our sixth or seventh grade year. I can't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that that was a lot of fun. I tell you what, we uh, I remember we won a tournament in Caberna, and uh, uh, I think we beat Caberna and end up their coaches were uh, refereeing in the finals. You remember that? I do, I do, and I don't think they wanted us to win. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was that was a fun summer and. One thing I remember about it was I have a timeout one time, and the other team made it, and you told us, one of the guys, to get out of bounds and catch it and pass it back in. And I was, you know, fifth or sixth grade, and I did not know that was a rule until then. So you taught me something then. <laughs> well, you, you did a good job. You were ahead of your time as a post player at that age. There wasn't many, you know, people in fifth or sixth grade that had, had really good post moves, but you did. But. I was a lot of fun. I took those games just as serious, you know, as I do a, a varsity high school game because, you know, if you're a competitor, you want to win and, and you want kids to have the best chance they can to win. And that, that was a lot of fun. Keith, talk about your, all your players you've had. If there was a one-on-one tournament, who wins it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, Godfrey Jackson, we went to a camp at Western and uh, one summer, and they had a team camp and had players from Georgia and everywhere, Alabama and all over Kentucky, and Godfrey got to the final of the one-on-one tournament, and a about a 6'4 kid hit about a 15-foot jumper on him to win it. And, you know, that he would have certainly been up there. Uh, you know, Heath Walkup was a great one-on-one. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch, you know, but there's a bunch. Had the Mike Burbage and Cliff Burbage. Mike was a 6'4 guy that could – he actually – Eastern Kentucky University saw him warming up. I told you the year I started against LaRue County, started Jeff and Wheatley as freshman. Mike was only senior, and he was so athletic that Western Kentucky, or not, I'm sorry, Eastern Kentucky offered him a scholarship from just seeing him in warm-ups. I've got a picture of him catching a ball with both elbows above the rim. 
I, I think my dad played with his brother. I can't remember his name. And my dad graduated in 79. And, I, and yes, he was a bird. Yes, I, he was super athletic as well. Right. He, he, yes. Yeah, this, this kid, I think that was, they called him Foo, Foo Burbage. He yeah. was an older brother to, to Mike and, uh, and Cliff. And boy, they had an outstanding mama. I mean, she was the most supportive parent. And, and she really... Her kids said yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and, and she made them walk the line, and, and, you know, they were good kids for it. I don't know if Godfrey listens every week, but I hope he doesn't listen to this one to hear him complimented <laughs> so much. <laughs> that, that 85 group, I would practice them for two hours or two hours and a half, and practice be over, and I'd about have to run them out of the gym. But they loved it that much. They they wanted to practice more, and, you know, Godfrey, was, he was athletic. And uh, he he could play a play. That was a fun team. They actually, when we played in the region against Bardstown Bethlehem, and Bethlehem had a six six and a six five. And remember, we had nobody taller than six foot. When we went out on the floor to warm up, the whole this was at Hart County, big big region crowd game. When we ran out on the floor, the whole Bethlehem the student section started chanting, "Where's the varsity?" Because we were so little compared to them, and we wore them out. We, our press just tore them all to pieces. But that's, you know, that was pretty amazing, as small as they were, to play as hard as they did. Keith, you've coached a lot of places. If you don't care, tell everybody all the places you have coached. Because I, I was trying to think in my mind, but I'm sure there's some that I don't even know about. <laughs> okay. Well, I went to Eastern Kentucky University and uh, to uh, try out. I played at Lindsey Wilson. We won a national championship. I went. To, I wanted to go try to go bigger, so I went to Eastern Kentucky University and tried out and made it. And I'd had to sit out a year because I played a year and a half at Lindsey. I start. I didn't miss the first semester of, of one year. My second year, at Lindsey. So, and and the writing was kind of on the wall. Eastern's guards were both six five and could jump out of the gym. So I probably wasn't going to get a a lot of playing time there. So. I helped coach the JV team my junior year, and then my senior year I coached it. And then uh, the next year I was hired at Harrodsburg. I was offered the Caverna assistant job, Hart County assistant job, and the Harrodsburg assistant job. And my wife was still going to Eastern, and Harrodsburg was one of the highest-paying places in the state, so I went to Harrodsburg, and we lived in Danville, and she drove back and forth to Eastern to finish up her degree, and I drove to Harrodsburg. And absolutely loved Harrodsburg. A lot of talent, good people, but it was in the Lexington region then. Right now it's in the twelfth in the twelfth region, but then it was in the eleventh. And we had a really good team, but we were behind Taste Creek and Henry Clay and Lafayette. So then my college coach got the Casey County job. And they Casey County had three all region players back. They'd been to the region finals a year before. And he said, Come to Casey and be my assistant. Uh, it's a one year deal. Got some good players, good chance to go to state tournament. So I went to Casey, and I stayed more than one year. We went to the finals of the region that year and got beat again by Laurel County at Laurel. And so I got the head coaching job and stayed two years. Then I went to Camelsville and was there a year, and then I got the call from Adair County. So I was at Adair County 12 years as head coach. And then uh, when I retired, I set out a year, and I thought, was this it? Am I awake to die? So I got a coaching job down at the Stewart County, Tennessee. I went for an interview. It's about 45 miles west of Clarksville, right down. I could look out my hotel window and see Lake Barkley. And I went for an interview, and I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to come 180 miles from home. My wife's still teaching at Adair. But uh, I had a really good interview and liked it. And they had a big double-decker gym, a nice program. So I coached there a year and really liked it, but it was just too far from home. 
And then the next two years, I coached at Hermsey Springs, Tennessee, and uh, really had a good time there. And then they consolidated. That school closed. And I was out a few years and then interviewed at Greene County and got that job and uh, was there five years. And we had a lot of success. My first year, we won the Class A region for the first time in 29 years and won the district. And I was there five years, and we went to the uh, Class A region three times. Class A state, I'm sorry, three times. And we played in the region three times. And the year we won the district, we drew John Hart, who was a runner-up. And then the next two years, we went as a runner-up, and we drew North Hart. So I was not good at growing teams in the region at Green County. So after five years, I thought it was time to take a break. So I was out two years, and then uh, the job opened up again. So I'm back in my second second year there right now. Keith, one thing. So I don't know how many places. I don't, I don't know how many places that is. <laughs> That's been a lot. <laughs> Keith, one thing that impressed your memory seems like is exceptional. Like it's, I'm super impressed by your memory. Oh gosh, if he watches film, I don't know how he'd ever forget anything that he's supposed to do. You know, it's really weird. I forget a lot of stuff. It seems like when it comes to basketball, you know, it it kind of. I guess I've gone over it so many times that it it just kind of pops up, you know. But no, I, I, I do forget stuff, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, my last question for you, we won't keep you too much longer. We talked about which player would win a one-on-one tournament. What about with just you, Jeff, and Kyle in your primes? Who would win a one-on-one tournament between you three? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Uh, Jeff was a point guard. I was a point guard. Kyle, Kyle was a lot bigger. I, I'd say he'd probably back us in and post us up. You know, if you ask Jeff, Jeff would say he'd win. <laughs> but, uh, you know, know that size, so. Another player I, I left out that I need to say something about is Rafi Willis. Rafi Willis was a guy that I, I still use him as an example of dribbling. You know, your, your players always don't want to bend over low enough to dribble because it's a lot of work. And Rafi was one of the best I've ever seen at getting his dribble, you know, low on the floor and a good shooter. And then, of course, Jason Canfield. We played Hart County one night, and they had Mr. Basketball and Tick Rogers. And we were playing at the Dare Gym, the old gym, and Denny Crum flew in in a helicopter to watch uh, Tick Rogers play. Tick ended up with Mr. Basketball and ended up going to Louisville. But that night, Jason out, Campbell outscored him. I think Jason had 45 and uh, Tick had 38 and we won the game. So, you know, you talking about the three-point shot. He was a guy that could just wear it out. You know, I, I, I there's so many guys. And if I've left anybody out, I apologize because, you know, but I've had so many players I'm proud of, and a lot of guys, like I say, that, that weren't stars, that did things that, that, you know, helped us win games, do the little things. I think basketball is a, you know, you've got to have a role. And my best teams were people that, you know, you had a defensive stopper, you had a rebounder, you had a point guard, you know, you had uh, everything. And, you know, if you don't have one of those things, then, you know, it, it's really missing. If you don't know who's going to guard other teams' best player, you're hurt. If you don't know who's going to take your last shot, if you're down one, you're hurt. So, you know, a, ro- a role players, you know, you got to have people that know their roles and are good at their roles. And, and a lot of times those guys don't get the spotlight because they don't get the scoring, you know. But I've had guys that, that helped us win games by just, just drawing charges. And, you know, maybe not score hardly any, but they draw three or four charges a game and get rebounds. And all that's important. But, uh, you know, had a lot of good players, had a lot of fun, great support from the fans and uh, – Guys, you know, I'll, guys will come by and they'll stop by and see me or call me. Kendrick Smith works up at the Rupp Arena and see him a lot. He was a player that did a really good job for me. And he was a guy that was probably six, two or three, and I think had 18 rebounds one night. And, uh, you know, just 
just unbelievable. Darren Smith was a real quick guard that, uh, you know, did a lot of things. And I think when Jeff was seventh or eighth grade, I let him play against, uh, they called him Speedy in practice. And after Darren about tore his arms off that four or five times, he didn't want to practice with us anymore. <laughs> but a lot, lot of great people, you know, been good to me. And uh, like I say, I had a lot of fun, had fun coaching your group and, and, a lot of fun. I still don't like to lose. My wife hates to lose worse than I do. So, you know, I've got to deal with myself and then deal with her too. Keith, last question I got. It's a question I've always wondered. How do you get such good seats at the state tournament? Because anytime I go, you're always <laughs> at have perfect seats. So what's your connection there? Well, when Adair County played, I'd, I would just make sure we got scalper seats. And, you know, I paid dearly for those. But we've been going to state tournament for probably 30 years, so – I was having to buy tickets from people that weren't even associated with school. Some people up in the mountains would get tickets from legislatures and people like that. And so I saw Julian Tech at the High School Athletic Association Commission where they state term. And I said, it's pitiful when I have to buy my tickets. And I'm a coach, and I have to buy them from a scalper from somebody at someplace else that's not a coach. So he told me to email him, and now we've got tickets, I think, on row B, section 13. So he finally took care of us after several years of having to <laughs> – Scavings to get tickets. Well, Coach, we won't take up any more of your time. We appreciate you coming on and talking to us. We appreciate everything that you've done for Adair County sports, basketball in particular. But, Coach, I do hope we we beat you when we see you later in the year. But uh, good luck to you in every other game that you got other than Adair County. All right. Well, you're going to have an advantage this year. Our, our football team went to the third round of the playoffs, so I, we play Adair next Friday. And I've had my football players for three days. And my leading scorer back tore me up in a scrimmage against Russell County. So he's out at least past the Derrick County game. So you're going to see a different version well, of us. My team, my team at Green this year is really young. We'll probably start three or four freshmen. And uh, they're good freshmen. You know, they're not typical freshmen. But they're, they're young and, and got some size. And, you know, it's going to be a learning experience. But, you know, Coach Breeze has been kind of hard on us. But he's a good guy. He, there's times he could have beat us worse if he – he eases up on me, and I appreciate that. I tell him to keep an eye down to that man. If I'm waving that white towel, he better act like he sees me. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach, it was good to talk to you again. We appreciate you coming on, and good luck to you in the season, like I said, other than those couple times you play against Adair County. But we, we had a great right. time talking to you. I enjoyed it, and I have listened to you guys in the past, and you do a good job. It's enjoyable. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, I tell sports is a way of kind of getting people's minds you know off their problems and and uh you know you guys do a good job and it's i've listened to your show and it's very enjoyable so appreciate well, you what you do thank, thanks, thanks for having me on thank you we'll talk to you later coach thank right, you clay i really enjoyed talking to coach young for the period of time that we got to talk to him he's a very interesting man how about the fact that he just kind of got his way with the commissioner of khsaa and got some good tickets for the state tournament yeah that turned out pretty well because he he does have a Insane good tickets and talking about insane. His memory is super oh impressive. Oh my gosh! That's, oh, it's a steel trap. It, that memory, I, I, it was unreal to me. The stuff that he was able to remember. Yeah, it was incredible. Clay, now that we've ended our interview, let's go into our next segment. It's brought to you by Jeffries Hardware. Jeffries is known to have what you need for your next project: Milwaukee Power Tools, Porter Paint, Rental Center. They've got it all. So go see the folks at Jeffries Hardware, the friendly hardware store it's also brought to you by bluegrass retrievers this is a new one for us clay bluegrass retrievers they breed akc registered silver labrador retrievers so contact kyle young at 
888-888-8135 for more information and questions. Make sure to follow them on Facebook for updates on litters. You need a lab, Clay? I think I'll pass, but no, Mika- Ma- Michaela's wanting a dog. I was going to say, Ma- Michaela's been wanting a dog, but, you know, I keep on telling her six months after we're married, but, you know, who knows? I may show up one day at my house and I have a dog after I'm You married. will. You will. And I will make sure that happens because I'm going to call Kyle at Bluegrass Retrievers and get you a lab. It's going to be your wedding gift from me. Take us into what's going on this week at Adair County as far as basketball goes. This week, we've actually got two district games. It's going to be on the road. It's going to be boy-girl doubleheader or girl-boy doubleheader. It's going to be at Marion and at Camelsville. And, Will, when I think of Marion County and Camelsville, I'll tell you what I think of. Marion County, I think of the Roby Dome because, you know, you just don't see yeah. many domes in high school. Yeah. In Camelsville, I think of them winning like a 1,000 districts in a row in baseball for those years that we played. Yeah. I can't talk about what I think of when I think of Marion County, Clay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll leave that, you know. That's for another podcast at another time. Just leave you hanging, just like that story where I said I saw your mom and dad at Pizza Hut one time. Oh, yeah, you did. We never talked about that. Yeah, we're just going to leave that dangling out there for everybody. But we'll also leave the why I don't talk about Marion County. Leave that out there for a little while longer as well. Camelsville, I just I, – I have an affinity for Camelsville because they hate Taylor County too. So, Clay, we've got a couple big district games this coming week, very important games. And did you say they were on the road? They are both on the road, I think, on a Tuesday and a Friday. Okay, Tuesday and Friday. So, that's – Marion County's got the Jewel kid that Coach Breed yeah, was talking James about James Jewel. Week. And then Kelsville has the kid who moved in from Russell County, Milburn. His dad played at Vandy, I think. And, and Milburn's actually a, a really good athlete, too. Really big, really good shot blocker. Shot blocker, yeah. Very good shot I remember at Russell County, he was a really, really good has, shot blocker. He has a lot of college credentials. He's, he's a really nice player. But, you know, with our big three, the way they – you know, gosh, Clay, that first game of the season, the three-headed monster of Lucas Pooler and, and Luke James and Connor Loy. Gosh, talk about – domination scored what 69 of our 71 points they did of course you'd like to see the others chip in a little bit more but i'll tell you what if you, if you get 69 points from three players you're going to win most of your game absolutely so looking forward to that we always want to hear from you if you like the show have suggestions or just want to give us a shout out we're on twitter at tribe 44 podcast facebook and we have the mark fudge text machine at 302-924-2244 and we want to hear from you because we're still trying to put together our top 10 of columbia list just let us know what's a top 10 thing to do in columbia we'll put that out uh, we'll make our own list and do it a little later but we have to put the bait shop on there because they have worms and pizza uh, what else do you need besides worms and pizza? Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing, Clay. That's all you need in life. Well, if you don't have anything else, this has been the Tribe 44 Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your preferred method of podcasting to make sure you never miss any content. We will talk to you all later. Let's go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go-getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street. All right, what else we got this coming week? That's the last. Well, that's that's it. Oh, that was it. Yeah, that's, that's it. All we can. I didn't know what to say. Sorry. Sweet.